Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. This week's guest is another member of the Monster Deer Week Monster Podcast. This is Matt, a.k.a. Ninja Badger 7. Me and Ninja Badger 7 have been friends on Twitter for a long time, so it was nice sitting down and talking to him about his history and love of the Souls games, and as well, you know, about some monsters too, because we're both pretty big into some monsters. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for leaving iTunes reviews. It's a huge help, and I hope you enjoy this episode. the first dark souls game that you've ever played well hmm. it depends if it means ones i've played or ones i've owned because i was i was thinking of this sort of leading up to the to this uh, podcast that how many times i've owned sold and then rebought dark souls one <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I wrote this down because i thought I, I must keep track of this right so my sort of first purchase of dark souls one was the the normal a 360 version so the vanilla version i bought it never got around to playing it i sort of had a bit of a purge in my backlog years ago and i ended up sort of getting rid of it it was one of those games i thought oh, i'm never going to get around to playing it it looks too hard it looks too big i'll never play it so i got rid of it and then obviously next copy was another xbox version but that was the one that they gave away with games with gold years ago so mm-hmm. you know i thought well it's free <laughs> it's, it's probably trying to tell me to play it try and play it at some point so i i got rid of it and um then i bought the pc version just because i saw it cheap still haven't really played it at this point but i just thought oh everyone keeps talking about the pc version so i'll get the pc version again didn't touch it and then i got the ps3 version I don't know why. I just think because I, I was playing a lot of PS3 at the time. So I thought, oh, maybe what I'll do is I'll keep buying it on different formats and I may get around to playing one of them, <laughs> depending on what my <laughs> format of the choice is at the time. And then I decided to get the, and that was the um, Prepared to Die edition. And then I got the Prepared to Die edition on the 360 when it was made, you know, backwards compatible as well. So so that's the, that's the copies I've owned. Right. My actual first time I played it was, um, I think, one of the, 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 the games with gold version. So I, um, I always remember the first time I played it um, was a few years ago when my mum was visiting. So my mum lives a couple of hours away from where I live, and she, you know, I'd sort of, she would come and visit every sort of three or four months and stay with me and my wife for sort of four or five days. So during that time, I don't really play any games because you know I don't see her that often, so <laughs> I don't try and uh, play much. But what? often she would do if we were sort of going to go out later that day or whatever she would have have a bath in you know at our place um because where she lived she only had a shower so she'd have a bath and and you know in that sort of 30 30 minutes 45 minutes i would you know put up a game on and usually i would put on something easy something like a, a call of duty a fifa something you can play for you know a few games and then and, and then uh you know she'd come out and we would head out for whatever reason, that one, this one time, I decided to boot up Dark Souls. I don't okay. know why. I really don't know why I chose Dark Souls. Obviously, that's a bit of an odd game just to play for half an hour when you've never played it. Um, so I booted it up, and I think when she came out to see what I was doing, I just got to the Asylum Demon, and I was yeah, I was just getting my head smashed in on it. I just you know I was getting really frustrated, and it it was funny because. My mum has never been a gamer as such, but when I was growing up, which was when I grew up, it was the sort of NES, NES era, um, where every game was about as difficult as Dark Souls back then. Um, he was, um, <laughs> she would be the person that would always do better than me at games. Like, like she would, we used to play like, I think it was Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants on the NES. It was a really difficult platform and she'd always get further than me. And so when she saw me <laughs> getting, getting pummeled by this island demon, she decided to sort of like, well, why don't you, why don't you try and roll through him? Why do you try and get behind him? I'm like, mum, mum, I'm a pro gamer. <laughs> and then she's there and, and no joke, she helped me beat him like through just advice she didn't take the, you know she it wasn't it wasn't like when i was a kid where she would take the controller off me and go look here you go this is how you do it so yeah i got you know even in my 30s or late 20s i would have been i can't remember would have been at the time she uh yeah she properly 
schooled me. <laughs> in the, That's in the really funny. I love the idea. Yeah. Like, you should do an LP where uh, you can hear both you and your mom talking and she just guides you through the it's, whole thing. Well, that's the thing. She sort of, she's one of those that she's got a lot of patience and I sort of don't really when it comes to those sort of things. So I think she, she saw through it. She obviously, you know, I, I should have passed my, uh, my M- uh, MLG badge over to her and go, here you go, mom. Sorry. This is, this, this was meant for you. You're the pro gamer out of the two of us. But yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. That was actually my sort of real first bit of Dark Souls. Um, and then I didn't really touch it <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I sort of seemed to drop it. It was a bit, you know, it was one of those because I thought I'll get back to that at some other point. And it's funny because for me, Dark Souls is one of those sort of games which I heard about. And I always remember sort of before I ever, you know, even getting to that point of, of even, you know, uh, playing it. I remember reading an article on it years ago on i can't remember what website you know one of the usual big websites where they were sort of describing what dark souls was as a game and again without seeing any screenshots or anything like that and it sounded terrifying to me i mean you know it's one of those games when if you sort of never actually seen the game or experienced it and you hear about invasions you hear about we need to go collect your souls and and all those sort of (laughs) well the main mechanics it actually it's funny i know it's easy to say that now like for all of us that are you know, talking and listening that we've played it. It's actually sounds, if you put it to a, a gamer who had n- literally never seen the game in their lives, it is actually a really terrifying sounding game. You know, you think, oh God, that sounds so stressful. And it's one of those games where you think, why did people play this? And, you know, and obviously once you experience it, you either sort of get into it or you, or you don't really. Um, it's interesting but- how much fear is built up in the game just from its reputation because, mm. uh, like, I remember... There's a moment when I got to Orlando for the first time and you walk out to uh, where the bridge will be eventually, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't hit the lever to bring it up yet. And uh, there was an orange sign on the ground and it just said, beware of Dark Wraith. And I had no idea what a Dark Wraith was. Like I had no clue. Like I was kind of going, trying to go in as blind as possible. And I just remember yeah. like spinning the camera around slowly, like with my shield up <laughs> looking for something. And I was just terrified. Like the game gives you a sense of dread. A lot yeah. of people I talk to talk about like going through the hallways or you know going through a, a sections of a of an environment just with their shield up and just inching forward like just worried that something is going to go out and <laughs> that kind of tension you don't nor, doesn't normally happen in like a character action game even in like a character action RPG game like usually like to get that kind of atmosphere Resident Evil is going to kick up some music or kick up the the you know the the squeaking violins or something you know what I'm saying like the yeah Dark yeah. Souls just exudes that naturally which is really fascinating to me well it was funny that that we like to play games like that i mean i know there's obviously a lot of horror games that you think well why would you ever play that but i think there's obviously something in the sort of human makeup that we you know certain people like doing that i mean i suppose it depends what angle you come at these games from really because i suppose for a lot of people the difficulty and such means that they're looking at it as a challenge and then obviously there's a lot of people that come at it from the story law point of view i mean i must admit from all these games first of all i came at them from a challenge point of view it really the law you know i mean obviously i would take it in as i went but for me completing the game you know is a challenge go yes look i can actually do this i can actually you know it's almost like a bit of a rite of passage mm-hmm. that, but 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 it's funny because it's a rite of passage to yourself because I don't know anyone in sort of real life or my real life gaming friends that would even play to get they probably even, they've never even heard of Dark Souls let alone played it because it's you know a lot of the people that I play in real life with are sort of you know your your COD FIFA gamers which is nothing wrong with that but <laughs> just <laughs> add, add that in but you know it's sort of, you know where the, they wouldn't contemplate a game like this and it's funny that you sort of are, you're sort of proving it to yourself or you know that's how I came at these games anyway go well you know, if other people can play these games, surely I can. I mean, there's something in them. There must, you know, there must be something like, there must be some magic that behind this. And do you I think, think that's, that- that's true anymore though? Like, do you think that the average gamer doesn't know what dark souls is? Because it feels like, especially with dark souls three and the, the marketing campaign is mm. for, for better or for worse. And I think my opinions on that are well known, but uh, <laughs> like the marketing campaign behind it, like, I feel like everybody knows uh, to, uh, almost everybody knows what dark souls is. And I think that that difficult curve has kind of gone the other direction so that. Mm-hmm. It's- yeah. I, I, I suppose I think that for me, the dark Souls still comes across like a bit of an unknown. I think it depends again. I think it depends what sort of game you are, because I think for the average, it depends what you mean by the average gamer. Cause I think to me, the average gamer is the pick 
pick FIFA off a shelf, don't really go on Reddit forum sort of person. That's I suppose I suppose for some, another person, an average gamer is sort of one of us that you know that is a wide spectrum of knowledge of different games. I I suppose Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three have sort of given it a lot more um you know sort of visibility but i think for a lot of gamers it's if the people that have never really experienced these games they are still oh it's those games those really hard games and it's a shame really that it's got that sort of image to a lot of people because yeah the difficulty is part of it but it's not though is it really it's a it's a different breed of game and i think it's one of those where it has got a cult following which is sort of broadened out with these latest releases but i think that it's almost like being part of a club in a way. I swear, I don't know. That's how I was always the Dark Souls community. You're part of a of a club. <laughs> I don't know why. I suppose like a, a community of people that you know have a a distinct love for this game that it you know that a lot of people wouldn't. I don't think. I think it's you know it sort of it appeals to a certain kind of person that like for example my my boss who's well, he's probably almost 50 odd and, you know, he's only just got into gaming recently um, and such. And, he, you know, he's heard about these games. He's the sort of person that will go on YouTube and watch the videos of, you know, the next, you know, next big 20 games coming out this year. And he'll go, oh, what's that? What's that Dark Souls all about? And I'm like, well, and it's sad because I'm thinking what I should say to him is, you know, these are wonderful games that that have got their own distinct law that you have to sort of find out yourself you're it's a it's sort of an experience of learning it's an you know it's an experience of getting better as a gamer whereas really my reality is i'm going oh I, you, you want to be careful of that game it's really hard you'll see you know, you're still <laughs> you know there's a guy that's not played games for you know since like the, the mega drive era he's gone from mega drive to current gen you know sort of that sort of person so you know like you may want to stay away from them i want him to play it i really I was actually having this conversation with him the other day because he, he's on sort of, we have a conversation at work. We're like, right, what, what are you playing next? Because he's, he's, he's an older guy bachelor. So he's sort of, he, he's got a lot of time on his hands. So he smashes through <laughs> games quite quickly. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I want him to play Bloodborne. Um, uh, but you, you know, he's sort of, you can see it in his eyes, but he's like, Oh, I'm not quite ready there. I feel like I'm a, <laughs> you know, like a, like a Jedi master trying to like, you know, trying, you know, like a Mr. Miyagi trying to convince, you know, like, I'll show you how to get around it. I'll show you how to get through it. Um, well, that's but, one of the, you know, that's one of the exciting things about being a souls player to me is being not like the community thing, I think has changed dramatically since, especially since demon souls, but since dark souls one, yeah. but um, even now, no matter what game you're talking about, like showing somebody, like sh- introducing that game to somebody and telling them just the the bare minimum they need to really succeed, like giving them just the barest amount of hints. And then like to hear, come back and hear that story of, uh, Oh shit, this, I, I tried to attack this dude and my parry failed and this guy kidnapped me and I woke <laughs> up in a weird place and there was this weird humming <laughs> and, you know, all that kind of stuff is yeah. like that. You want to hear that stuff. I, I, I've said this a couple of times before, but I really think that one of the reasons that, Dark Souls One was such the, I'm trying to think of the word the such the thing that it was at the time was that uh, hmm. it kind of coincided with the launch of not the launch but the kind of coincided with everybody's attention being focused on streaming games. So all of a sudden, yeah. these people you'd never heard of were doing this crazy PvP stuff, and whoa, like you could go in there and you could stream <laughs> snipe and you could try to invade them as they're playing through and all of that stuff. Like hearing those stories, hearing people's first time playthroughs, it's just super addictive to me. Well, certainly, and it's, it depends what angle they're coming from. I think that for a lot of people, it, you know, I think, well, personally speaking, I, I, I've sort of played through these games without really absorbing any of the lore until afterwards. In fact, it's one of those games where because of the stress of it, because of the the dread, especially in games like Bloodborne, where you're trying to piece it together, but because you're so focused on survival, I think for a lot, you know, it's only until you've played it either you go for a second or third playthrough or you, you know, listen to these podcasts, you know, read up on the law, you sort of find out afterwards. It's like, Oh, so that's what it meant. That seems, I seem to do that with all these games really. And I feel part of me feels quite bad that I'm sort of going, been going through these games, finishing them and then not really understanding them. And that, you know, and is, you know, do you think that's a common problem? Do you think that because of the sort of, you know the stress and the difficulty you know for a lot of gamers that that sort of overshadows the the law side of things i think so you know i, I talk to a lot of people and it seems to be 
specifically with Dark Souls, um, it seems to be like if they figure it out that it's there, they want to know more about it. Like they yeah. at some point during the game, um, and it usually happens fairly early, like the moment that. Um, I don't know, like the, like reading a certain item description and realizing, like, wait a minute, like who is this? <laughs> like, a, or seeing, um, or happening to see Knight Kirk for the second time and going, like, why yeah. is this dude invading me? Like, this is the second time. This <laughs> yeah. is really weird. And trying to figure out those yeah. stories, and then once you realize, like, if you ask somebody or if you go look it up on the internet, and uh, it clicked for me when I saw, um, I want to say it was Vadi, and I could be wrong. It could be Enb, but I think it, actually it was Enb talking about yeah. why uh, you find the black iron armor at the bottom of the uh, cathedral yeah, in front of the painting and saying like Tarkus as a character was trying to get there, but he was so fat and he rolled off the rafters <laughs> and yeah, fell yeah. and died and they just swept him in the corner. And I was like, wait, you can all of that supported in the game. Like, and it doesn't tell you any of that. That's brilliant. Like, that's amazing. And then seeing, you know, Vati's prepared to cry stuff. All of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, these, there's all stories in here that I'm totally missing. And I think for a lot of people, they play the game and then they see this stuff. And if you're the kind of person that's curious, just a simple Google search will take you right to where you want to go. Like yeah. if you're playing dark souls three for the first time, and that was your first souls game because it's on PS4 and you didn't have the previous systems and you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see, <clears throat> you know, something about Andre the blacksmith is really interesting to you. And you Google Andre the blacksmith, like lo and behold, all of a sudden you've got a world of answers and you're like, wait a minute, I don't even have any of these questions yet. It's all come from somewhere, isn't it? Because that's the advantage when you start these games a bit later, that a lot of the law and et cetera has sort of been found or, you know, not all of it, but most of it has been found. And it, and it also sort of shows you the sort of the level of intricacy it would have taken to build these games at front because when you build in a story for any sort of media or any game that you you know a lot of games obviously will throw it down your face here's a story here's so and so you know it's very you can just watch it and, and and soak it all up and then obviously you can get games which don't really have any story deliberately because they're not that sort of game whereas souls games that they sort of have this sort of balance where if you imagine the writers, whether you know, and the designers from have had to sort of mold it together, where it we we as a community or anyone playing it sort of comes up with answers where there's not categoric answers for a lot of it. There's theories, but they're sort of taken as the real answer. And it's it's you know it's one of those sort of things that if they've got that really wrong, which I know arguably some people say about the latter Souls game, especially Dark Souls Three, where it doesn't quite fit, but that's a you know that's a thing they could have easily got really wrong where it would have been such a mess that that you know we, the community would have come up with these answers and and not it wouldn't have made any sense i think they that shows how skilled they are at actually creating these sort of stories and and it's fascinating where people get their theories from and it and it's great because again it's created a community where people can come up with an idea and you know it, you know the you know like the latest ones like Solaire is is soup, you know. I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy serious. Shows that's the level it's got to, and and I always wonder to myself what from are thinking when they read this stuff. You know, if it, you know, it'd been hilarious that you know when when the people are throwing these theories around, you know, where you know the big names like Varty and everyone else has got, you know, here you go. This is this is the answer. This is why so you know this happens with this happens, but. You know, it happened. You know, and but then you can imagine from I thought, no, we never said that was going to be the case. You know, it's sort of you know they're laughing to themselves. It's like you know, or maybe they're looking at it in the other way. You know, where you know where they're fascinated. Think, wow, look look what people are truly thinking. Sure. Um, maybe it's interesting they are. to me like that. Uh, you know, you you talk about the like the Vatis and the Enbies, like basically explaining all these stories. But um, it, there's been a really, really big shift, even in even in just Vati's content, where he's he shifted from like, here's my ideas on this, to specifically saying like, this is one perspective. Like, it's not going to fit yeah. everything. It's just one perspective. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the games are getting so big and has have such a wide audience that people are reacting negatively to any the one true canon or whatever. But then I see <laughs> yeah. the exact opposite thing happen. Like I see people yeah. like I've, I've made, I make fun of the Solera is a worm and Solera soup all the time. Like I, I it's just so <laughs> silly and preposterous to me. And that's no offense to you at all. If you like you, that you, you personally subscribe to it, but I make fun of the idea cause it's just so preposterous. And like people have gotten mad at me before and been like, what are you talking about? Like, it's obvious that da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, I do not care what is in the game to support it. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's so preposterous yeah. that I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to block it all out of my mind. 
and I think that's fine. Like the games have enough of a, the games are kind of a net when it comes to lore and like whatever you decide to catch or throw back, you can kind of keep or not. And I think that that really works for these games. And it's, it's something dramatically different from the narrative that say, sorry, Josh, if you're listening to this, but say the, the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> games do where you, yeah. know, you have so much that you have to work through. And there's so much there that some people are really, really interested in. And they, it goes way over the top in explaining every single possible small thing that could ever be explained. But I'm just left just overwhelmed and exhausted by it. Whereas with Dark Souls, I'm trying to, especially Dark Souls 1 and to a lesser extent 2, I'm trying to dig through the wall like that they're putting up for me and trying to get a peek through the fence, so to speak, to to see what else is out there. I want want more and more and more. It's just kind of, it's the way these games tell stories, like it it really, uh, it's really with something special, I think. It was really something new. And I'm sure games have done item descriptions before, but like it just really feels like what they, they, the way that they showed you and I hate to use the phrase environmental storytelling, right? But like the way they showed you things in the environment without necessarily calling attention to it, without taking the camera control away from you. And then also gave you the supporting lore text, which you have to specifically go out and seek. And it's not like it's an yeah. appendix that you can pull up on your phone or anything. Like that's just so fascinating how that all works for, together for me. Well, exactly. I think, I think that's why, like I said earlier, it, to me, the dark souls games or people that the community around it is like being part of a big club where it's, it's not for outsiders. I know they've got, they've had more reach recently, but I think people look at it too much as the game itself and, and the, the whole idea of having item descriptions, giving the law away, et cetera, and all the theories behind it. I think a lot of people don't see that. It's almost like you've got to look, you know, it's behind the scenes, you know, you, it's, it's, and I think unless you properly get involved, I think it's a shame because probably a lot of people don't see that, you know, because like, again, going back to my boss, I think the day he, he starts any of these games, which like I said, hopefully will be, bloodborne for him because i think he'll be the first one he should have a go at he won't see i don't you know and there's no offense to him but i can't because he i don't think he's got that mindset i can't i'll be interested to see what he thinks of it but i know when i speak to him it'll be why am i why am i trying to beat a wolf up with no weapons you know why am i you know why <laughs> why am i picking up you know items like sweaty clothes and stuff like that you know there'll be sort of it'll be these sort of weird things that won't be anything about the law i mean i mean you know i i mean bloodborne's a funny example because i personally out of all the games it's my favorite and and that's not because it's one of the newer ones and it's not because of the combat necessarily but i think there's something about the you know the the lovecraftian horror etc that it's just sort of hit hit something with me. I, I it's not it's it's an odd one because it's sort of something I've I didn't realize I was into. I you know I've had, I've got no history with that sort of thing. I've never re- read any you know, Lovecraft you know uh, books or anything like that. But Bloodborne for me is uh, I, I I much prefer it to the other Souls games, and that's no disrespect to the other Souls games because they're fantastic and they're in right. But I think something about Bloodborne hit me. I felt. I, you know, I don't, I know it varies from person to person, but I think it's sort of, it's a game that, I'm trying to think the best way to describe it. It, I suppose I felt like I had a purpose in it. I felt straight away, I could see what I'm there to do, even though I didn't, you know, for example, compared to like Dark Souls 1, where when you start, you're in the asylum and you don't really know that much about what's going on. And obviously, you know, naively, you can think, oh, it's just another fantasy game. Whereas with Bloodborne, again, you know, you're a hunter. You don't know what particularly at that point you're there to do, but you're like, oh, that's fine. I can relate to that. I'm a hunter. I I kill things (laughs) and, you know, and such (laughs) like, I think there's, and it's an odd one as well, because in lots of ways, I think it's more oppressive than the others. It's got a real, I know they've all got that sense of dread, but I think Bloodborne has got it a lot more because of the, the whole sort of theme with it. And it's an odd one because, it's again a, a game that I find really stressful playing through, and it was the first of the Soulsborne games that I actually completed. And and again, I did tackle it like a uh, you know like a challenge. I'm there to do the difficulty. I always remember with um, <laughs> with Father Gascoigne. Um, right, so I, I, I beat the Claret Beast first time, and I I don't know how I just I just did. I managed to one shot him, and and you know went on to Father Gascoigne, and then I he became a, you know he instantly became a bit of a brick wall for me i just you know it's half a dozen goes at him and i you know very close shades but i couldn't get him down and i always remember that this quite vividly my my wife was 
in the same room. This is when we were living in our flat. My wife was in the same room as me. And when I play games, sometimes she will put her headphones in on her iPad and you know go on Netflix, what read a book, whatever. So, you know, so she can't hear what I'm doing or, you know, she, and <laughs> she's on the sofa opposite me. So when I finally beat Father Gascoigne, um, after my God knows how much go, I, um, and I did something which I never really do. I jumped off of, off the sofa, screamed at the TV, <laughs> said, <laughs> shouted to the, the TV, put my middle finger up to the TV, and a lot of expletives, like, have that, you know, with lots of F words in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all I saw when I turned to my left was my wife looking at me in sheer horror, because, again, remember, she's seen this with, or not heard this with no real... Well, when she hasn't heard it, she just seen me jump up and put my middle finger to the TV, and you know, and she she couldn't hear any of it because she was listening to music or whatever, and she looked horrified. And, she, and I think at that point she thought, "Do I really know you? <laughs> Are you the person I that I married?" And, you know, I was like, "I was like, I'm sorry, this is what these games are doing to me." <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a sense um, of accomplishment like that that I, I feel like some yeah. games just don't really give you. Like, um, no. A lot of games, especially up till the release of Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2 as they started getting popular, like a boss fight just didn't really feel... I, can, I mean, like Shadow of the Colossus gave me the same vibe that you yeah. know, defeating the gaping dragon does, right? Like, and even that was not because it was necessarily easy, but just because it was, it just felt like an accomplishment, which is how Dark Souls feels sometimes. Up until, yeah. uh, even like even with Dark Souls 3, although I think it's, they lean so heavy on like, multi-phase bosses with multiple hp bars and like just way too many hit points but it's (laughs) even then like once you finally do it even if it takes you a thousand times like that feeling of relief where you jump up and give the middle finger to the to the tv is just (laughs) it is good i see why gary has talked about this on bonfire side chat of like it's almost um that it's people craving that moment and so when they come out the other side they're like oh yeah that was a that was a great boss fight and i was like well no it wasn't you're just very (laughs) fond of it because you did it 47 times and now you're now you finally did it (laughs) yeah and i find myself very guilty of that i find myself defending bosses to people like sometimes where i'm like no 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 i actually all you need to and i'm like oh wait no no that's just because i did defiled amy g at like you know by myself (laughs) and the chalice is like nobody could summon anybody and like now now i feel like i've done something so i feel like it's easy for everybody but that's not that's not actually right <laughs> no absolutely I, mean, it, I, I think it's amazing talking about, about bosses that that different conversations with different people shows the strengths and weaknesses doesn't it where you could you know me and you could talk about our bosses and you could have you know what what's an easy boss to you is is difficult to me and vice versa i think it's amazing actually where it's not always those sort of bosses where again for me it was you know i'm going to say bloodborne again it's you know you you hear these bosses that you know that become issues for people like father gascoigne rom abritus etc they they're ones that you know they become the common ones that people say but then for some people you know you can see it on you know on the forums online that they're just like yeah being first time and it but then they struggled with you know celestial emissary you know and such <laughs> like and it's, you know and it, how <laughs> how but you know it's but that's, that's that's the beauty of it the fact that these sort of games can you know can show this you know even from a gaming point of view your ability can you know there's some bosses where you know how have you, you know you think how did you struggle with that boss so much but obviously there's a there's something about that boss whether the way it attacks the speed it attacks you know you know there's obviously something that you as a gamer can you know struggle to handle or you know it's like you know some people can really handle the the you know humanoid jewels you know whether whatever game you want to talk about you know or for some people it's the big monsters they're the ones that they you know either struggle with or can handle quite easily i think i think it's fascinating listening to people's you know sort of viewpoints on it and for me because again because i don't know anyone in real life that's played these games um you know in my sort of close friends uh, i've had to go online to look at these and you know and join in and go i'm part of the club i've beaten rom you know and sort of you know <laughs> such like and it is but then it's funny how things personally come full circle so i've gone from that where you know i was screaming at the tv for being gascoin and then i when i took on german um i i knew i must admit i knew that day um that i i was about to beat him i knew that he was going to be the final boss you know i i'd done i knew you know i think i'd semi spoiled it for myself so he wasn't you know he wasn't a spoiler that he was going to be the the you know the final boss or 
you know, depending on if you count moon presence, but I, um, I beat him whilst cycling on an exercise bike. And it's crazy. I feel like, you know, for some people it's, you know, that they've, they've beaten dark souls with a, you know, with a, with a toaster or a, you know, a, uh, well, <laughs> or well, today, a band, uh, or maybe know, it was yesterday crazy. or today. Somebody was using that DJ hero commercial. They're literally yeah, scratching exactly. records to, to beat yeah. dark souls three. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's crazy. But, but for me, you know, I, I wouldn't even ever go to that sort of level, but like I said, I, I remember that for whatever reason I'd finished work that day. I knew I thought, right, I'm almost at the end of bloodborne. I need, you know, I know German's left and I knew I was going to take on moon presence as well, but I thought, right, let's, let's take these on. And, you know, I thought, Oh, what I'll do is for whatever reason, rather than sitting down and just, you know, on the sofa, I decided to get on my exercise bike right in front of my TV. And while cycling, I was taking him on and it, and it sounds, you know, that sounds weird because but I do, I do that anyway. Sometimes I'll just play games when I'm on, on my bike, but it, it was just weird that I've sort of, you know, I felt a bit like, Hey, I'm part of this. <laughs> I'm part of this elite crew where I can take on bosses whilst doing so, you know, something silly, but yeah, it's, it, you know, but it just felt an achievement for me as well. Just well, let them be in it because I come from, you know, you know, being the usual dark souls, you know, bloodborne noob where you, you know, you can't really do much. And it, and, and then when it came to dark souls three, um, it, I must admit it did feel a lot easier. I think, I know a lot of people say this, but I think that once you've played a few of these games, I think you do become a bit of a, a bit more experienced. It's almost like a, you know, a, you know, you're a, you're a veteran of the game when you've, you know, you've played a bit of them under your belt and it's, um, and it feels quite refreshing to do that actually. And it's, um, I mean, I mean, I went into dark souls three, you know, and expecting a lot. And I must admit, I, I didn't, I didn't give it the same sort of flack that a lot of other people did. I began, I, I suppose I've just enjoyed it for what it, cause I feel it's a bit, a game that's a bit more approachable compared to the other dark souls, especially dark souls two, which I've deliberately not really said much about. <laughs> so I, I struggle <laughs> with that game, but you know, I think with dark souls three, it's a game that, you know, I know a lot of people don't like that, but it, because it is a more mainstream version of dark souls. And, you know, some people said it's been done, you know, dumbed down to you know i i you know i think it has to agree i think after playing some of the other games it dark souls 3 putting aside putting aside the dlc did come across as easier and i don't consider that a bad thing in some ways you know if if that's you're on that side of things obviously some people probably think it still is equally difficult but i i personally didn't and i think that's not a bad thing i think that for some people you know this sort of community and club thing i was talking about earlier i think to me, the more people that play Dark Souls or any of these sort of games, the better. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I've seen some people online where they don't want other people. It's like, no, it's it's our game. You can't touch this game. This is our game. This is what we play. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be that way. The no, more people not at all. that no. play these games, putting aside their own personal enjoyment, it's more people to talk about it. It's more people. Yes, I know it, it now it creates the Solaris soup you know situation but you know that's not you know but you can't narrow it down to so many people it's you know these sort of games should be for anyone to to play and i you know that's why i wish you know they would do things like remaster docs yep remaster demon souls you know because you know it, i mean I've, i'm about halfway through that game i need to get back to it but it you know it, it would you know i know obviously a lot of people saying it because they're part of the hardcore you know crowd that want that but i think again it would it would just introduce people to it you know because it's a, like a lot of things if you know if, if demon demon souls came out as a remaster on the ps4 tomorrow a lot of people would be like oh you know some people would be like, oh what's that game i don't really know much about that and they'd be like, oh it's the you know it's the the you know the sort of the game before dark souls that you know that became its spiritual successor etc and you know a lot of people would start playing it and then you know, some people would bounce off it, but then some people would get into it, and then in turn we get into Dark Souls, and then think, "Oh, I'll pick up Scar of the First Sin," and blah, blah. you know, it's, I don't see that that's a bad thing. You know, I I just find it a bit of a sort of narrow-minded way people think of that, and it's a shame, really. It it is frustrating because I mean, for me as somebody that like really enjoys these games to a degree that is probably a little unhealthy um, it's <laughs> I, I want more people to play them, like more people that play them, or more people I can talk about. And again, I mentioned it at the very beginning of the episode, but that that uh, voyeuristic 
tendency or that desire to watch somebody or hear about somebody's first trip through the series is just something that's so good. Like I want to hear about what it was like for everybody to come up out of the blight town and like see the sunlight and be so relieved and then go to that bonfire and realize it's not working and go like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh no. Like I want to see that, that stream moment on from everybody. Like I want uh, Xbox record that, right? Like I want everybody, I want everybody's moment where that's (laughs) happening. Um, It's like, so as you play through these games, are you, because you mentioned that Bloodborne was the first one that you completed. Um, are yeah. you are you driven more by the story side of things? Like, are you driven by what's going to happen next? Or are you more driven by, like, the moment-to-moment combat to get through the environments or exploration? Or, like, what, what's pulling you through these games? And <laughs> specifically, think, what was it about Bloodborne that pulled you all the way through? I, I think that... I think a couple of things. I think that it... Because I played it when it first came out as compared as you know uh, compared to the other Dark Souls, which I was um, you know quite well behind on because I hadn't, I hadn't really touched them before. I think I want you know I felt like right, I'm on the same playing field as everyone else. You know, no one else has really played this game. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna f- stay relevant <laughs> with this. I think I think it was the like I said earlier with the whole the whole sort of vibe to it. I wouldn't. It wasn't, I wouldn't say initially it was the story. I must admit it was probably the combat again, proving to myself that I could actually complete one of these games and actually see it through to the end, which, you know, I know for some people they would probably, you know, that's not the right way of doing it, but you know, for me, that's what I wanted to do, but it was one of those games that then unfolded into, right. Who are these people? I, I suppose for me, the, the, especially like the NPCs, et cetera, just, stuck with me more and again that's no criticism to the ones in the other souls games it's just i, I you know on a personal level mm-hmm. the the different npcs just seem to click with me more you know like uh, you know uh, like eileen the crow for example just you know again maybe it's just because being being british you know she's got a british accent you know i can it's just you know it's just <laughs> things it's sort of those little things can sort of go oh i can i can relate with that i can you know i can resonate with it and again i think because i felt like i had as a character i felt i had a bit more purpose in in the game as opposed to like the start of dark souls one again for some other people it probably may be the other way around it just obviously it was something that just um resonated with me um and i think for me you know the com the you know the, the, the faster combat probably appealed more which you know that's just again that's just the the way it is and i just i just wanted to push on because i i just had that feeling as i was playing it and i was trying to play as blind as i could that there was something more to it you know i that the whole werewolf thing didn't really sort of seem right i thought there's got to be more to this game and if there's not i'll be disappointed to be honest (laughs) for me the the turn into the you know the cosmic horror side of things it just, you know, for me, that just ramped it up. It was just, it went from, you know, just being a hunter, killing werewolves and, and the like to, you know, being something uh, sort of outside of, the, you know, there's there's just bits in that game as you get towards the latter stages with, you know, like the Nightmare Frontier and Nightmare Immensis. So there's just bits you see that, you know, you think, wow, this game is is getting really bizarre, but there's something I like about this. I don't, you know, I think there's, you know, the bosses. Um, I think that even though I, God knows how many time I try to take down a Britus, but there was just something, you know, and then when you, something about her. And then when you learn that, you know, she was a, a uh, sort of a, was effectively a God that was left. Wasn't she? Effectively, mm-hmm. that's what, you know, it's just like, wow. You know, when you just hear these things, sort of afterwards and and you know and i suppose when you get to the culmination with german it, it i just thought you know i know it, it's a bit cheesy but the whole thing when he gets up you know through you know and you find out he's you know he's not crippled and he's you know i just thought i know it's a bit anime like but i just there was something you know there's just something about it like, wow that is just fantastic that is just a great way to end it you know it felt like you know when you're dueling him that you know, you this is like a last you know a last battle. This is the last stand. I, I you know I just I think that's what it took me through. Really, I think it it just felt pieced together better. Whereas, and again, I don't I'm not trying to say this is a real criticism, but I think with the Souls games, you know, for, I just felt it bit more fragmented. Me, obviously, personally, it's something that I 
popular is easier, maybe. But that, then that's not necessarily an issue with the game or the series. It's probably more an issue with me <laughs> than anything. And I think, you know, that's the beauty of these games. And, and you know, why do people have different favourites out of these games? And I think that's it's based on that. It's what they connect with. You know, for a lot of people, obviously Dark Souls 2, you know, is the one that does get probably criticised a lot more than some of the others. Um, I can understand why, because it's the one that I, I can't get into. I, I bounced off it so many times. I dread to think, and I will, I will get, get there in the end. There's just something about it. But I think that's more of a gameplay issue I've got with that game. Whereas there's something, you know, for a lot of other people, they, that's, you know, they're, they're, you know, for people like, um, uh, you know, like CJ and people like that, that's their, you know, their favorite ones and, and sure. such like. And, and, you know, and, that, and that's fantastic. I think that again, that's where the community gets closer. But like, you know, it shouldn't be that, oh yeah, Dark Souls one is the best. And, you know, and it's, it should be that we've all got different ones that, you know, that click. I mean, for you, what, you know, what would be your, what would you say your, you know, right now you've played all of them, <laughs> you know, and I have, that's probably, uh, the, you know, se- several yeah. times. <laughs> um, yeah, multiple times. <laughs> it's so, um like to me, it's always it's always the the story and exploration. Like I want to see from has been so successful at creating these amazing worlds and populating them with these extraordinarily interesting characters. And then putting you in a situation where the actual game mechanics complement that in, in such a way that it's in- enjoyable to play. So to me, it's yeah. I want to see everything that I possibly can see, and then for a lot of it, it's you know, it's actually not just. I mean, Dark Souls one specifically, like it, it was actually going back in and then interacting with the stuff that I had to miss before. Like, oh, like I saw this dude carrying this weird weapon that looked like a giant hunk of metal. I want to see what that is, <laughs> so I want to play with that. And so it's it becomes more of a mechanical draw. But after yeah. Dark Souls one, I was just hooked. Like I was just I was like, yep. okay, I'm gonna give these guys, and probably will be too. Like as much smack as I talk about Dark Souls three. If they announce Dark Souls 4 at E3, and please, please, please don't announce Dark Souls 4 at E3, <laughs> but <laughs> if they announce it, like, I'm going to be the dude that's going to buy it and play it on day one, and we'll probably talk sure. excitedly about it on Twitter. Like, I'm just not going yeah. to be able to help myself until no. probably Dark Souls 7 is when that's probably going to start wearing off a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's, but it's, you know, you mentioned that German fight, and I, mm. it's, it's something that the series has done, has been kind of lopsided with. Like, the final boss of these games, or final bosses of these games generally aren't super great like they're they're nice thematically and they're nice in a narrative sense but uh you know getting to gwen and seeing what what gwen was it was fascinating but it's not particularly like a like a super fun like either you know how to parry and it's a pushover or you don't know how to parry and it's a really tough fight (laughs) um yeah exactly but you get to Bloodborne and, you know, German is almost like the epitome of everything that you've been learning through that game, which is, yep. as we all know, what they were trying to do with Gwen, right? Like they wanted you to take yeah. all of the skills and everything you learned from playing the game into this boss fight. And then, especially with Bloodborne, they when they added the additional content, the the old hunters, like they, they carried that up a notch with Lady Maria. And then they, to me, they reached the peak in Orphan of Kaz of this combination yep. of monster slash dual fight that is just over the top and crazy and insane. And I love it so much. <laughs> like that's, yeah. and that's, you know, that's why I want to turn every single corner. That's why I want to be able to see every single thing that these games have to, like, I just have to see all of it because there could be something behind there that I, that, you know, it's always the hidden stuff that gets me. Like I'm always fascinated <laughs> by some of this hidden stuff. Uh, I remember the first time, are you, you're familiar with the grave Lord covenant and, and dark souls one? Yes. Yeah. So like, for, for people out there that may not know this uh, in dark souls one, there was a covenant you could get to and you just had to go interact with this coffin in a certain area. And your character would like lay down in this coffin and mm-hmm. some skeletons would come and like push you down. And basically you would wake up with a giant skeleton robed dude and you could join this covenant um, <laughs> in terms of actual game though, in terms of the actual mechanics, like if somebody invaded you at this time, your body was still back at the coffin. And from went to all of this trouble to like create a custom animation so that if an invader happened to invade you and the off chance that you were in this coffin, like you would go up and you would attack and you would do a special animation to kill them. And that like finding out like all of the stuff that they hide in these games like that are just so fucking fascinating to me. I love it so much. And that's why I just have to know more. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's one of those things where you, you think, do they, did they do that on, well, obviously they've done it on purpose, but they've done it 
you know, it's a bit like the, the in Dark Souls Two, where you you can change your gender in that in that coffin as well. Uh, you know, it's sort of it's things like that, where, like you know, and you don't notice it until you think, hang on, why, why am I now a woman? You know, and and, and things like that. It, it, it's you know, it's it's great little things, and, and I suppose it's a bit like the one in in Dark Souls Three, isn't it, with the uh, the one that makes you hollow or is, you know makes you hollower, doesn't it? The one that gives mm-hmm. you free levels and such like. It's just those little things that that you think. Yeah, the amount of effort, the amount of those little details mean so much compared to other games. I think that's that's the way to look at them. I think overall that those because li- you haven't got that much, you know, from a law perspective and story perspective, you haven't got that much to go on a lot of the time. You need these little things which you weave together. It's almost like you know, it's a jigs, it's a jigsaw that will never finish. <laughs> effectively, <laughs> not really. You're, but there'll be just those little bits that that you know, they will never probably find out. And that's, and that's not a bad thing. You know, it, it feels strange that, you know, if you think of all the things throughout history where, you know, historians are, you know, still debating things, it's almost like that. And it's a video game, but it's a, it's a game. And that doesn't really happen that much compared to other games. I think that's why they're so unique that, you know, you, you know, people as a community will piece things together and, never really truly truly know everything and that's i think that's fantastic and i think that's why they that they can keep going for a while i mean like i said i hopefully they won't announce a dark souls 4 and you know and obviously there's rumors of them you know potentially talking about bloodborne 2 as well which again i hope they don't announce i do there's a a second bloodborne you know because it i just lap it up but then there's that part of you that thinks no just leave it as it is it's fine as it is you know that was what the old hunters was about it you know it, it gave me more story it finalized it lovely you know but i, so, I just um, when yeah. people talk about bloodborne 2 and it, i'll always go back to like i don't necessarily want bloodborne 2 i just having those not even those same characters but that same kind of atmosphere and that same kind of world building in a game dealing with the great ones and how the great ones interact with these civilizations over time and things yep. like that is what would be the most fascinating thing to me. You could literally put that anywhere and I would be, like set it in Alaska and make it uh, like a based on the thing. And I'm all into that. Like whatever <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not, I don't need, yeah. I don't need direct sequels. I don't think from does direct no. sequels very well. No, I don't. No, they, well, they've not, have they really? I mean, I mean, and that's the shame with, you know, with Dark Souls 3 that it, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it is, but I think that you can see it, there is a lot, you know, obviously it's well known. There's a lot of fan service in it, which, you know, for a lot of people, that's good, but I can see, you know, why people got a bit frustrated with that. But I think, again, why I like Bloodborne, Bloodborne so much is that it does feel like its own isolated thing. It, you know, it, it does have natural conclusions to it. It, you do, you feel like there's more going on than you truly know, and I think I think, and it's actually like it's the only game which I've ever bought the soundtrack for. I mean, I'm not a big soundtrack person; I never have been. But it's one that I just found so fantastic. I had to get it. It's just you know, it just there's something. Like, I think when you, like, even at the start, when you take on the cleric beast, that sort of orchestral music that hits as soon as you go. I mean, again, I'm not a, a you know, a game music person, but it just, there's something that hits with me. Just, it has, a, it has an epic feel to it. I just think that they wove it together in such a way where it, you know, on some level, it, you know, it, 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 it gets, it gives you the, the feels that, you know, the, oh, yeah, yes, this is good. <laughs> it's hard good, but there's something good about this, you know, and, it, and it, it's, and I, I don't think, and again, I know for a lot of people, people say that when they played, oh, I'll never forget that game and, you know, and all that sort of stuff, which is fine or where you feel emotional, but that's how I feel with Bloodborne. Again, I, to a degree, Dark Souls, but especially for me, for Bloodborne, I feel that this it's just that it's you, you know just even that when you first you know you when you first load up the game and you know your character is that boom you know when you first come in it's just it always just you know just gives me goosebumps straight away and I think I think that's great <laughs> I just yeah. think you know I think it's it's you know it's those you don't forget really. And like I said, that's why I don't hope, you know, I do want another Bloodborne, but like I said, even if it's just the, the things they take from it, the combat, the, 
you know the aesthetics i just you know you know and and hopefully soon later this year you got the the art the the artwork haven't you the <laughs> I hopefully don't, it's like it's like that new uh kojima game man it's never coming out like it's just gonna keep getting delayed and delayed <laughs> yeah, until people forget about it <laughs> bloody myth, isn't it? yeah uh, i mean and i'm really yeah, like I'm, I'm really punching josh's buttons on this i'm gonna see if he actually listens to this podcast and see if he says anything after we listen to it <laughs> he said he would when i told him i was on he said he yeah you can you can say as much as you want about this We'll, we'll we'll post it directly to him, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, again, I th- you know, I think it it's such a unique series of game, uh, you know, series of games that that I don't think will ever be topped in 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 its own way. I don't mean there won't be ever games better than Dark Souls. Well, maybe not for some people, but I think that it's a series of games that does things in such a unique way that. That that is why it's got such good, you know, held regard, and I think that it's not it's refreshing in a in a in a sort of industry where, you know, again, I'm not dissing these, but you get these cookie cutter Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed type games, which you know are fine for what they are. I think that it for certain gamers, these these this series really does hit it, you know, and I think it, it, it's great to see it, and that's why you know, they, they get such a, you know, such good praise. I think I can't wait to see what they do next. You know, I know there's all, obviously things floating around what they could be doing next and such like, but, you know, I think they got the key to the city really, haven't they? They sort of, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, what I mean is like, you know, even with what you consider or what some people consider the, the you know, like Dark Souls 3, where it's, it didn't really be what a lot of people wanted to be. It's still a fantastic game, really. You know, it's still got things that would make it infinitely better than, you know, you know, eighty percent of the other games out there. Yeah, that's you know, the that's, that's the thing that I always go back to with Dark Souls Two um, is that even even if it's not my favorite Souls game, it's still head and shoulders above most other games. Like it's like it's okay to yeah. be you know the you know the second pl- it can be it's okay to be the runner up. Like you don't have to be the valedictorian every time, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's okay yeah. to be this like to have the three point nine GPA. That's perfectly acceptable in most places. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what's funny when you up about when people you know on forums will you know you say uh oh should i you know i've just i've just finished dark souls 3 so should i get a scholar the first thing what's it like and then you see the generic responses it's it's a really good game it's just not a very good dark souls game (laughs) (laughs) how people sum it up you know they said it's better than most of the other games out there it's just when compared to the other souls games it's just not as good you know but um well, yeah, I think, thank I'm you, uh, thank you very much for for staying up a little late tonight. I know our time difference makes this kind of difficult, but thank you very no, much for uh, for for guesting on the on the show and um, for spending that hour with me. This has been extremely fun. It's a little different from usual because usually I'm kind of having to like pull people through, like, okay, which game did you play next? But we just kind of talked in general about Dark Souls. Not like this was really fun. So thank you. <laughs> it's helps having notes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Maybe I need to. Get, I'm learning. Maybe I need to to because uh, I, I always tell my guests like you can take notes if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. So maybe I should. Uh, start getting them to take notes I'm just kidding you guys are great every single episode is fantastic um, absolutely why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet yeah um, well I'm on uh, on Twitter pretty much mainly and uh, as uh, at Ninja Badger 7 number 7 uh, I'm almost I'm all yeah, start again I'm also one of the uh, co-hosts on the Monster Dear Monster podcast where we uh, talk about monster themed you know it could be uh, films, books, games. We've re- recently done a couple episodes on our favourite uh, monsters out of Dark Souls One, and I'm sure one, there'll be more. <laughs> I'm sure, especially you know, Bloodborne and such like as well, definitely coming up. So uh, yeah, give us a listen. It's on iTunes. Um, it's on Twitter. Um, yeah, we were, like I said, we've only just started, uh, mm-hmm. but you know we're we're doing we're doing all right. it's doing all right so far. So you guys did. Do you have you guys done st- Godzilla stuff yet? Yeah, well, yeah, we've uh, well, we've recently, um, well, our first group uh, cast that we did because the first couple of episodes were with Dave, um, just sort of basically by himself, and he got me and Cameron involved. So our first episode was uh, comparing Pacific Rim to the last Godzilla film, one in twenty fourteen, to uh, Kong Skull Island, the latest Kong film. So we had a about a three hour episode talking about these films. Wow. And, okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's long, <laughs> and uh, but it's very good. And as of well, as of this recording, we did a me and Dave did a a um, 
cast about to destroy all monsters, which is uh, a you know kaiju film from 1968, which is actually technically one of the Godzilla films, but it you know it was called Destroy All Monsters. So yeah, we have done a few of the Godzillas in there as well. So, it, but um, we'll be doing you know we'll be doing all sorts. We have got things like Final Fantasy summons that'll be nice. a future episode. Very cool. Um, at the moment, we're looking to potentially do an episode on the mimics out of um, Edge of Tomorrow or live, die, repeat, depending on which, whatever way you want to call the film. But depending on when and, and where you watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but no, we'll be, well, like I said, we'll be doing it based on the, uh, the novel, which is called All, All You Need Is Kill. Yeah, so, which, I, which I have also yeah. read, and it's very, very good. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're, I'm reading that at the moment. So, yeah, we. it's a good thing is we can do anything that's got monsters, really. <laughs> and I've just been so, on a big... Uh, you know, we always, I saw Shin Godzilla for the first time recently, and uh, it, oh, it, yeah. just, it just, just destroyed me. Like, I loved it so much. And then um, <laughs> yeah. talking with uh, CJ from Twin Humanities, and he's got me like oh, on, yeah, a, yeah. on a hunt for stuff, because I watched... Immediately after that, uh, he had me watch this documentary about the studio that does all the special effects and um, got into like Cayman Rider and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I saw that they did the attack on Titan movie and I was like, well, I, I like it. Oh That's yeah. Yeah. One of the very few animes that I dig. So I'm okay. Like, let me, let me check this out. And that was just phenomenal. <laughs> you want to talk about monsters, man, that went crazy. So then I went back and watched like a nineties Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla with the, that yeah. had like a, a, f- a female protagonist with that had no love interest whatsoever and like passes the Beckadale <laughs> test and all this other stuff. And I'm like, how are these movies being made? Like this is such the opposite of what Hollywood does. So, Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that, and that's a good thing because we, because we've got no real, apart from the monster theme, we can sort of do as, you know, what we feel, you know, works. It, it's great. It gives us so much room, but I suppose it, <laughs> the only funny thing is we we're dictated to, because obviously I'm from the UK, Dave's from, is in America and, and Cameron's in Australia. It depends what we've got access to. Yeah. <laughs> so at the moment it's like, can you read that book? No, we don't have that book over here. Oh, can you watch that movie? <laughs> well, he's got it, but I can't get it. You know, it's all that sort of stuff. So we're trying to come together. Well, the good thing is games is the easy one to do because obviously generally it's easy to get the same game we've all played the same game whereas books and films it's a bit trickier so we're learning that's what streaming's for <laughs> i um yeah I, I i need to listen to the podcast i'm ashamed to say that i have not listened to it yet but i'll definitely get in get into it yeah give it a go um, um, I'm, I'm very excited about it I, i'm just real into monsters right now for some reason so it, it yeah, just well, <clears throat> it hit it's, well, I was going to say, well, then that's, you know, we're the, we're the perfect cast to do. I mean, what we're trying to do is, get, as I said, is get people to sort of suggest, you know, what they would like to hear as well. And, you know, again, I, I think if you're going to listen to it, I think I would start, as of this recording, I would start at maybe the last one, like Destroyer Monsters. I said that one was Pacific Rim and stuff. He's a bit of a, <laughs> it's our first one. And, you know, we're trying not to talk over each other and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. It's quite a long oh, episode. Yeah. So that's all. It, it probably won't be a, the best rep. Even though I'm actually saying that, I think it's our, best downloaded episode so far actually but, you know, so yeah like i said we've got only a few in again we've got the dark soul ones as well so uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep going it's, it's doing it's getting a good bit of traction actually and we're gonna try and get guests on as well so this is where you can plug yourself to be on it jeremy okay yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in <laughs> I love being on podcasts, so especially when I don't have to edit <laughs> or heard, do any or really <laughs> any preparation or anything. So I'll just show up anywhere. I'm, somebody asked me to be on a Digimon <laughs> podcast recently, and I was like, I don't even know what the fuck Digimon is, but sure, let's do it. I don't know. Let's uh-huh. get into it. <laughs> You're like the podcast meerkat. So, I, yeah, someone whatever. Say, yeah. Someone say podcast, I'll be on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for guesting. This has been a delight. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Thank you for having me. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find this podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That site has links to all of our social media, including our Instagram account, where I put up very brief clips of every single episode the day they go up. So if you are curious about an episode, you can hit the Instagram and go check out a preview. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you for the people recently that dropped me a few iTunes reviews. It goes a long way to spreading word of the show and also you know, just making me feel good in general. So thanks for doing that. Uh, if you have a few minutes and you haven't left me an iTunes review, that'd be a cool thing to do. But an even cooler thing to do would be to tell a friend about it. If you got a friend that's into Dark Souls and it can't shut up about Dark Souls like me <laughs> and Matt here, uh, tell them about the show and then maybe they'll be quiet for an hour while they're listening to it. Anyway, thank you for doing all of that. And remember, don't give up Skeleton. And we're good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, thank, thank you, much. man. This went this went by like in a flash. So this was awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I wanted to give a little bit of time because I actually did want to talk about your podcast a little bit because I've been fascinated with it. I just haven't had the time to listen. So. No, that's fine. Man. It's, yeah, like like I said, for us, it's it's been a bit it's been a bit bitty so far because I mean, like I said that like I said that Pacific Rim Godzilla one was our first episode, and you know, again, we'd never even spoken to each other. That was literally the first time we like were all all three of us were on Discord and we're like. Hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> you know, sort of like that. Like, sort of situation. And um, you know, we, our, our mics were, you know, trying to sync up. So he said he, the, the content is a good, is actually a very good episode to listen to. But like I said, it's just a bit like we're trying to get used to it. 